So that the group encouraged me, you know, they said, well, gee, we want to see you wearing a dress. So I, I, I'd never really been out in public that much. Um, so I, I drove over there. I was like terrified. I'm like, oh, what if they don't like me? You know, what if the cops stop me on the way there? What am I going to say? And so I'm driving over the, the beltway in Washington, D.C., driving over the bridge over the Potomac River, and I have a flat tire. And I'm on the side of the freeway wearing this dress and heels, you know, changing the, the, um, the wheel. And I know how to change a tire, right? And I've done that before. So it, technically this wasn't an issue, but I was like nervous that some, my, my fear was what if some guy stops to help me? And then, then he figures out I'm a guy in a dress and he gets upset. Or, or worse, you know. Your lifelong passions, dreams, and aspirations. Your joys and creative spurs. Your femininity. Your success. All in one place. This is Girl Skill with your host, Anna Rova. Hello, hello, and welcome to Girl Skill Podcast, where twice a week we're having an insightful conversation with a kick-ass woman about her life story, her version of success, and her femininity, so we can all learn from the lessons she's learned along the way and apply it into our own lives too. And before I go any further, I need to tell you that there is some explicit, really explicit content coming up. And if you have um, any children around or anyone that could be bothered by explicit content uh, with sensitive ears, please be mindful and put on your headphones. So let's move on. Um, I am super excited about today's episode because we are talking to Michaela Light, who is a transgender uh, male to female. I'll tell you about it in a second. Um, <laughs> but before this might be the most exciting episode of 2017 for sure. And since the, <laughs> since the launch of this podcast. Um, so I'll be really quick, a couple of quick updates. Um, the New Year Planning and Revision Interview Series uh, hits off on December 25th and basically it's an interview series with amazing women who are ready to share with us their journeys and some incredible tips and advice on how you can take your 2020 18 to the next level i've picked them very carefully and we talk about many different subjects um if you haven't done your you know new year resolutions or goals yet that's fine these are going to be really useful if you have done them they're also going to be very relevant um if you're listening to any of these after the new years that's also very relevant as well uh these are guests that we talk about you know a different habits like eating habits and productivity habits we can talk about personal branding we are going to talk basically how to achieve your dreams and take them to the next level including how to have yolo orgasms and what's the connection between yolo orgasms and financial abundance so really really exciting it's going to be about eight to nine episodes so it's starting on the 25th of december a little christmas gift for you with willow sana so i'm super excited um next up a quick reminder that we won't have any more tools and resources pdf sign up 
up. So before I ask you to sign up for them, now we've released them with access on our website. So you can just go to the specific episodes page, which in this case is uh, episode 18. So you always can go girlskill.com slash 18 and check them all out. All of the links, descriptions, everything is going to be there. We're preparing something really cool that you can sign up for for later, but I'll tell you about that later. Okay, now to the episode. Um, okay, so today my guest, as I mentioned before, is Michaela Light, who is previously known as Michael Smith. Michaela and I have um, known each other from a location-dependent uh, entrepreneur community. To be very honest with you, the first time I saw her, um, I was I was judgmental. I did not understand what's happening, um, and I did, I remember I stayed very far away from her. Um, and this year, uh, things are very different. Um, I resisted the idea initially of interviewing Michaela for various reasons. Uh, you know, I didn't feel comfortable. I was scared. I didn't know how to talk about this issue. And then one day, somehow we connected, and I said, you know what? Just ask her and see what happens. So I did ask her. And from then on, we had such an incredible conversation. As I said, it is explicit, very explicit at points that even I was like, oh, my God, I don't know how to do Like, how do we cut this out or we, do we leave it in? So we left it in because I think it's raw and vulnerable. Um, so this is this episode is incredible. Uh, I've been always wondering about transgender. I didn't know. I actually had to Google how to talk to a transgender person. What is the politically correct language to use not to offend them and all of that. So very interesting and it turned out great. I'm super happy I did it. So this is one of my fears. So really quick about Michaela Light. Um, she's the author of an Amazon bestseller, Intuitive Leadership Mastery. And she's also the host of Intuitive Leadership Podcast. She lives half a year in Cusco, and travels the rest of the year around the world and helps entrepreneurs and leaders improve their business intuition for more profits and extra joy. Michaela was born a male uh, in a male body but identifies as a woman. That is the true definition of being a male to female transgender, she explains. This episode is all about answering the following questions. How did it feel growing up for Michaela in United Kingdom in the 60s, being a boy but really feeling like a girl? How did it feel holding a secret for more than 20 years and being afraid to come out? How and why did the transformation occur? How does transgender relate to sexuality? How and why does one go through a name change? And much, much more. She's a male to female transgender bisexual and she shares with us an amazing story on this podcast. As I said, prepare for some extreme sexual language and raw conversations about identity, name change and sex. Um, and of course, stay until the end to find out two amazing personal growth resources to get into flow and stop judging others and yourself and start living in the now. A great political book Michaela recommends about why bad behavior is good for politics, as well as a couple of really cool productivity apps that you'll truly enjoy. Enjoy the episode. Girl skill. Female success redefined. All right, everyone. So I want to welcome Michaela Light to Girl Skill. This is really exciting. Hi, Michaela. How are you? I'm good. Hi, everyone. Hi. Thanks for having me on the show. <laughs> Thank you for coming. I'm super excited about our conversation today about femininity and, and transgender. But before we get into it, as usual on the show, we're going to go into the blitz question part. So, Michaela, what is your superpower? <laughs> My superpower is abundance. Yay! 
What is always in your purse? Uh, always in my purse. I don't know, about 30 kilograms of stuff, it seems like. <laughs> uh, yeah. My, my, my moleskin uh, notebook here. There we go. It's this thing. No, I have a okay. little moleskin I carry around with me. Love it. So I can, I can write things down. Love it. What is the best gift that you've ever received? Best gift, love. Okay. What is the best gift that you've ever given? I, I think we'll have love on that too. <laughs> love on that too. Okay. Love it. We'll talk about that. Uh, what is? Who is one person dead or alive that you would like to have dinner with? Alexander the Great. Ooh. I hear he had a great FBA business. <laughs> That didn't make sense to me. Can you explain that? What does that mean? It was a joke, you know. (laughs) Alexander the Great was around 300 BC or whenever he lived, you know. Oh, I don't know. Everyone and their everyone and their sister has an FBA business, don't they? I mean, oh, that's why. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I was like, what? And I think the listeners (laughs) are like, what? What's the connection? But okay, I get the joke. But I mean, would you really be interested? Is that true? To have dinner with him? Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, he's a powerful guy. He's probably a bit of a... Uh, he was bisexual, you know. I didn't know that. No. Okay. Openly. Openly bisexual. And he was the king. But of course, I come oh, from yeah. a post-Soviet republic. And of course, we weren't taught that in high school, as you can imagine. So, But it's good to find mm. out now, years later. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. What is your uh, biggest fear? biggest fear uh i guess making mistakes that would be i'm working on that i'm doing doing a this 90 day video challenge where i make mistakes every day (laughs) i know i saw a couple of these we're going to talk about that yeah awesome okay and my last question is on a scale of one to ten how excited are you about life right now and why i am a 10 because i'm on a mission to spread intuition to every entrepreneur on the planet and it is exciting exciting yay okay so now that we're done with this part uh michaela please introduce yourself to our audience uh tell us what you do where you come from and what are you all about sure so i'm michaela light i used to be michael smith before i shifted my name and I am an author, a podcaster, a business owner. Um, so I wrote the book Intuitive Leadership Mastery. I have a podcast of the same name. I have a second podcast about computer software called CF Alive that talks about cold fusion software and keeping that from dying. <laughs> um, and I have a business related to software, a software agency. So. That's where most of my income comes from. The the intuition training and book doesn't currently produce a lot of income. It's more of a passion okay. uh, that I have. But maybe one day it will produce a lot of income. I'm happy for it to do that. Yeah, yeah. It just needs a little. And you're also a location-dependent entrepreneur currently living in Thailand. I uh, Yes, correct. I've been location-independent for six years. Um, if you're interested, I can tell you the story behind that. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll get into and, that. We'll get into that. Yeah, and sure. I've been yeah, and I've been in business for twenty eight years. So um, yeah, awesome. Okay, so now, Michaela, uh, tell us: Do you consider yourself successful, and why? 
Uh, yeah, successful on my own terms, absolutely. Wait, are we allowed to use the F word in this uh, yes, interview, please. or do you have a yes, sense? Yes, please. Okay, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I, I bit my tongue there because I didn't know how polite. You know, maybe you have listeners in the in the Queen of England's, you know, and they have to be careful. No, no, no. It's all so, good. It's all um, good. Yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy. I'm healthy. I'm connected with spirit. I have great friends. I have great businesses and staff. I, you know, as I said, mentioned earlier, I have uh, a mission to spread business intuition that I get excited about, and I also have a mission on the software thing to, you know, spread the story that this cold fusion programming language is alive and uh, modern. Which, you know, you might be thinking, what is she talking about? But um, in that industry, it's a legacy legacy language, and some people think it's dead and dying. So I was tired of listening to that. I decided to create a podcast that champions all the success stories people are having with it so okay cool yeah we'll we'll get into that because honestly i have no idea what you're talking about but i'll I'll ask you (laughs) when you talk about your story um okay and my second question is uh what is femininity for you Ooh, let's start with the hard question yes Um, well, femininity, this is interesting because we all have male and female inside us, both men and women have, you know, have different amounts of femininity and masculinity, depending on where we are in the day and what we're doing. So femininity for me is, um, kind of receptiveness, being open to things, um, there's a there's also a, you know a thing of attracting versus chasing. I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the, there's probably more of a gentle or loving quality to it. Um, I mean, also just on the surface layer, there's more beauty. <laughs> I for me anyway. Um, so you know we 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 get the opportunity to to adjust our appearance and clothing and um, and shoes far more than men get to do in our current society and and all of this is like it's all a manufactured social construct anyway so you know if you look at how men are men and women are in different societies in different periods of time you know, you go back 200 years into, in Europe, the men were all wearing face powder and high heels and wigs. So, you know, and, yeah. and some of them acted pretty feminine. <laughs> so, yeah, I, you know, I think sometimes we think, oh, yeah, this is the way it is, you know, but it, it's mostly a social construct. I mean, obviously, there are some physical differences that men and women have, um, and there are some chemical differences. Um, but, uh, so much of it is like, is like a construct we create, mm-hmm. you know, like the boys don't cry. Okay. That would be an example. Women are allowed to cry. Boys are not, men are not allowed to cry. That's an example. Isn't that ridiculous? You know, why, why is it that women are allowed to cry, but men aren't? And, and if a woman cries in a business meeting, is that bad? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. You've 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 hit the you know the the deep 
the deep strings <laughs> of this discussion. So, um, yeah, th- thank you for sharing that. It's really interesting to hear your perspective. Um, and to all the listeners and Michaela, to you as well, we talked about it a little bit. Um, you know, I, I was really, I was really nervous having you on the show. In fact, I wanted to talk to you about, you know, um, like your story and your, your, your journey of changing your, how do I say this? Changing your identity. Is that correct? I, I guess you can say it any way you like. I mean, <laughs> so I'm changing my, I've, I've changed my name and I'm, I, you know, I'm, I'm using a different gender. Let's put it that way. I okay. mean, and I'm, I'm not, I, I haven't had the, the quotes operation and I'm not taking hormones. I do all, all of my gender shifting. I do through energy work. So it's all shape shifting or shamanic work or whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so changing and, the name and shifting shifting your gender, but mo- but energetically, and also through through clothing, through makeup. Oh, clothes! Yes, clothing, makeup, shoes, jewelry, hairdo, all those little surface things that we get up to as women to make us appear traditionally Western female. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Because that's the construction, you know. I mean, I know makeup's been around for five thousand years. I think the Egyptians invented some of makeup, though it wasn't quite so healthy back then. Not quite sure makeup's healthy now either. But <laughs> yeah, Michaela, one one quick question is that you started sounding a lot worse, like for the last two minutes. Did you do anything different to the mic, or maybe you shifted? Oh, I could have done. I don't know. I I probably got did that better. I got nearer to the mic because I was getting excited talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I think this is better actually because I think when okay. you got close, I'll stay, was... I'll stay away from the mic. I'm sorry. Stay away from the mic, Michaela. What do they say? <laughs> what do they say to presenters? Don't kiss the mic. You know? <laughs> yeah, don't kiss the mic. Right. Okay. So, okay. So yes, let's let's uh, continue talking about this. So I thought, as I mentioned before, I was I was nervous. I was a bit awkward, and in the beginning, to be honest. I was like, no, 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 I can't talk about this. No, 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 no. Like, I th- I feel like it was my own resistance coming up, uh, probably my own judgment as well, my own stereotype, because I think, so we met each other through, um, you know, a location-dependent entrepreneur group, and I think I saw you about a year ago, and I was like, wow. I was astonished, to be honest. And honestly, I didn't even know how to talk to you because it's, it's just so different from everything that I'm used to, you know, coming from Eastern Europe. Like I wasn't raised in an open-minded society or all of that. Like I'm getting better and better at this. Like for the last three years, for example, I have had, you know, two of my good friends were gay and all of that, you know. So I'm like, no, 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 I can't handle this. I can't do this. And then I think we just started talking through Facebook and we had a conversation and I jumped on board and I became brave and I was like, okay, I need to ask her. Uh, and then I asked her and you said, yes. And then I went into panic mode. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and I messaged my husband and I said, oh my God, Michaela agree. What do I do now? And he's like, well, you just record the interview. And so here we are. <laughs> and to be honest with you, like yesterday, I was researching. So I was Googling transgender. Uh, so I'm a bit mm. familiar with, you know, homosexuality, for example, and bisexuality. Like, this is kind of clear to me. Uh, like, what does it uh, mean? So you've got, you got three of the four letters of LGBT down already then. Yeah. Well, LG, okay, lesbian, gay, 
LGB bisexual T. Yes, this is the missing last element, right? <laughs> Michaela, yeah. you're gonna complete my puzzle of the LGBT, uh, you know, definitions, and, <laughs> and everybody has their own definition. But yeah. So, so how like, how many how many gay people and lesbians have you and bisexuals have you interviewed so far? Then so actually, uh, so on this on this podcast, there was just one, and I I talked to this girl about mm. mostly the music industry because she's a music producer and. Uh, you know she's a music artist all of that and she was bisexual we mentioned it a little bit and then we just talked about it but that was not the focus of the interview and i really want to talk mm -hmm. more to women who identify the, the, themselves as lesbian as bisexual and making that the center of the interview but so far i haven't and i want to talk more about this now and you know it's a little bit i wouldn't say well obviously like in some parts of the world it's controversial and all of that but like my podcast is all about you know, femininity, and I believe in polarity and all of that. And I'm not like, it doesn't mean this transgender doesn't fit into that. It can absolutely fit. Like, I don't know. I'm asking questions. I'm here to like explore and ask you questions. And so I was Googling last night and, you know, what does transgender mean? And how do you talk to people about this? And I was trying to all to be like politically correct, not to offend and all that. And you were just like, girl, there's no way you can offend me, please. And you're just so chill about it. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. So let's talk about it. Uh, Michaela, tell us your story. So I'm interested in how did you come? Well, I'm interested in actually the whole story of your transformation, because I guess I could call it that way or your journey, because I know that uh, or some of the videos you actually say, and that what surprised me, you say that you're still the, you're still the son to your father. And you're still the nephew to your aunt. And now you're undergoing a name change and all of that. So I was like, wow, like, how, how does that work? So tell us the story. Like, how, how were you before? What happened? And all of that. I'm, I'm all ears. Our listeners are all ears. <laughs> um, sure. Well, I, you know, I, I'm creating this reality as I go along. It's not like I have a master plan. So, um, Anyway, let, how, how this, I mean, my earliest memory is being about, you know, four years old. And I was, you know, dancing with a chiffon scarf and doing this feminine, uh, dance, like a, you know, dance with seven veils kind of thing and just feeling very sexy. Um, and so I, I just have, and I've had lots of other memories when I was a child. You know, I, I just wanted to be a girl. And that's, that wasn't really considered, that's not considered social, as socially acceptable as a girl who wants to be a boy. You know, we, girls who want to be boys are labeled tomboys. Yeah. Right. And until they get to about 12 years old, that's considered more or less okay. You know, but, but boys who want to be girls, we don't really have a word for that. And it's still not really considered okay. So, mm -hmm. um, so I didn't, share it with other people back then this was back in the 1960s or 70s so um i i kept pretty quiet about it though i, I did sometimes grow my hair longer than some of the other boys and i, and I was pretty I, I don't know if you want to say i was effeminate but you know i certainly wasn't like running around you know hitting the other boys or i don't know what boys get up to but you know i wasn't being a yeah. A boy's boy. And did you feel like speak. something did you feel like something was wrong with you? Or in the sense that did you oh. feel like there was a con like Well I felt different 
to other boys. That's certainly the case. Um, so I, I don't know if I want to label it as something was wrong with mm-hmm. me because I don't think there's anything wrong with me. It's just I have a female spirit and I incarnated in a male body. I mean, it's pretty simple, really. Right. Um, so, so I, you know, growing up, I, I mostly cover this stuff. I, I do, however, remember when I was about 17, I told my best friend at the time, who was another boy, we were, you know, talking about our sexual, you know, history or whatever. Um, and so I shared with him, oh, well, I, you know, I sometimes dress in women's clothing, clothing, uh, you know, and, and he was very, you know, he listened to it. He seemed to accept it. But then I guess he must have told at least one other person because, the, you know, by the next day, everyone in the class was talking about it. So, wow. And, and then I felt really bad about it. And, and how I reacted at that time, I think now I react differently, but. Uh, I, I just denied it. I said, no, I don't do that. You know? And so people made fun of me for a while. And I really felt bad about that because like, I was telling my other friends, you know, I don't do it. And some of them believed me. And then it's like, I really felt bad because like, here I am lying to them and they're believing me. So I, I didn't feel good about that. I, if, if I had a magic wand, I'd go back and change that and I'd come out back then. But, and was it, um, so just a, a quick question, and because you mentioned this, this might have been like in the 70s already or almost 80s, wasn't that, because you, you grew up in the UK, right? I did grow up in the UK, yes. How was, how was it at the time? I mean, because in, in, the, in the States, wasn't it where, when the hippie era, was, like, was it still in the UK, at the, you know, when you were 17, was it a very kind of, you know, conservative, patriarchal society where like this would just be not okay. Like, I don't know. I wasn't even born, Michaela. <laughs> you weren't even born. Oh, wow. I was born um, in 89. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Goodness me. So, yeah, it was still, there was, I mean, you know, there was some liberation. Obviously, the women's liberation movement had happened in the 70s and there'd been all the hippie stuff. Um, but still, it was a patriarchy and it still is today. You know, I mean... Just less so. I mean, I mean, we do have a female prime minister, so we had one before in the eighties. Come to think of it, mm. so uh, so. But but still, like you didn't feel like you could openly talk about it. Like that would be a disaster in your. Were you were you kind of exploring it as well, trying to understand it, or I'm just curious what was going through your mind. Well, I think when I was a teenager, I really wasn't trying to understand it. I. I I and I don't remember really researching it much. I mean, maybe I did read about it a little bit, but it's not like there's a lot. There was a lot of material, in, and the internet didn't exist back then either. So right. you'd have to find it in a book, or it'd be on a TV show or something. And I don't remember uh, that back then. So I kind of covered it up. Um, and so, what uh, about sexuality? Because okay, during my Google research, here's what I found. <laughs> <laughs> here's what I found that actually like transgender relates more to actually identifying yourself with a different gender than you were born with and it's separate from actually sexuality in the sense that it doesn't mean it basically doesn't mean that you are attracted to to the same sex or different so then you identify well you say that you're bisexual means that you are attracted to females and males and so 
back then when you were a teenager, is that where you discovered that you're attracted to both genders? Or how did you go with the sexuality back then as well? Because that's two, like, I'm just trying to understand the relation between the two and how is it for you? Yeah, so so your our gender is totally independent from our orientation. Um, you know, on gender side, I, I I identify as female, but you know, some people identify as male. Some people are, are androgynous; they're neither male nor female. And and I do that some of the time. You know, particularly if I'm not wearing uh, fake breasts and I'm not wearing makeup and I'm not wearing I'm not wearing a dress. You know. I'm not really femming out my outfit. I'm just wearing somewhat ambiguous clothes or feminine clothes. I, I mean, to be honest with clothing, I wear women's clothes all the time. It's just some women's clothes are far more feminine than others, you know, so mm-hmm. and possible this, to wear. And what you mentioned, androgynous. So I, I mm. okay, this is something that, you know, when we talk to, when I talk to you about you identifying as a, as a female or feminine, Mm-hmm. I, I understand it because I identify with that too. Uh, but when you say, for example, and for example, when, when men say, when men identify obviously with, with being men, I also understand that. Uh, I guess because I'm attracted to the masculine energy and I like, you know, I kind of, sometimes I felt what it is to being a man when I'm super in my masculine. But then something androgynous to me, like, wh- what does that mean? Like, how do you, how do you feel? when you identify with that like what does it mean nor neither nor yeah it may mean a mixture of both uh, and i think quite a lot of people do that um you know quite a lot of my women friends are like well i'm not really you know i'm more androgynous than, i mean they don't use that word necessarily but they, they don't necessarily strongly identify with the female um uh so yeah, you may be mixing together male and female characteristics, or you may be doing, you know, doing neither. You know? And th- and then also don't forget that like uh, at least one percent of the population are asexual and they don't have any sexual feelings going on. So hmm. um, interesting. You know, so it's, it's not so it's not necessarily you are expressing it in a way. So I mean. I get, I get, I guess. <laughs> I'm like, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes I identify myself as male in the se- Like now I'm thinking about it, right? Like sometimes that when I'm like not right now, yes. So I'm the host mm-hmm. of the show and I'm mm-hmm. in my masculine energy because I need to direct this conversation. I need to know where it's going, all of that. And you are my guest. So you're more in the feminine energy in, in that sense. And when I, when mm-hmm. I feel like, I need to conquer the world or whatever, you know, I put on my shorts and my jeans and, 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 <laughs> you know, like when I feel like being a girl and being sexy, which is a lot of most of the times, then I put on a dress. Would that, I, would that mm. be androgynous or is that something completely different? Cause in my mind, that would be completely different. These are people who probably dress unisex more or something in between. Yeah. Yeah, they might be more dressing unisex and they're either not wearing makeup or they're toning it down in the case of a a, a, a woman. Okay. Um, okay, I see. And so let's get back to the sexuality where we because I interrupted you with this whole question. Um so you're saying, okay, so gender is separate, who you identify, but then the sexuality, so you identify yourself as bisexual. And when mm-hmm. when you were a teenager, did you start noticing these things or how was that experience with sexuality mm-hmm. for you? I as a teenager I think I, I either wasn't that or I, I had it so deeply buried, you know, I, I didn't do it. It didn't 
I, I was attracted to women then, and I had a girlfriend, um, my first girlfriend, which was nice. Um, and then, and I didn't tell her that I, at the time I called this cross-dressing, you know, I didn't tell her that I cross-dressed, but the, the next girlfriend I had when I was in university, I did tell her and I, you know, that wasn't an easy conversation and she really wasn't into it. Um, but I felt better telling the truth and keeping part of myself hidden. You don't know that you um, talk about, um, I remember the movie. So I do know that movie. Do you remember that movie, uh, where they were, I can't remember where they were, but there was this guy. So she was a painter or he was a painter. Um, and there were a couple, they were a married couple. And then her husband was cross-dressing and not showing it to anyone. And then through their marriage, they were really like, he started telling her and she was supporting him and his, and I remember, do you know that movie or no? I don't know. I'm curious. You know, what is this movie? I, I, I have to, seen most I have to find it. Oh yeah. It is with Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh, no. What okay. is that woman? Um, anyways, I'll find it and I'll mention it in the links, but I remember I, this, this movie actually, it, it has so deeply shocked. Well, not shocked me, but I really, you know, there are these movies or plays or, you know, for example, when I went to Thailand for the first time and saw Lady Boys, I was honestly, I was grossed out by that because of my stereotypes and judgments and all that. And then after I started traveling and started becoming one with mind, I went to this Lady Boys show to the cabaret, actually in Chiang Mai. And there was this, there was this stage performance of, you know, a ladyboy coming in all dressed up and there was this song that says, I'm born this way or something like that. And it was mm. such a lyric song. It was so deep. And then he was undressing himself, you know, taking off his makeup, taking off his wig, taking off his dress and everything. And it felt like he was crying as well. And when I saw that, like it touched me to the core. And I feel like during mm -hmm. that moment, I connected to him so much that in my mind, something shifted and I felt for him or her, I suppose, as a human being mm -hmm. that just wants to be mm -hmm. understood, accepted for who he is. And I, I have goosebumps right now talking about it because I remember mm -hmm. that feeling. And I was like, God, and I was looking at it and I think I was, I had tears in my eyes and then I looked at this situation just imagined i think that's what art does to us right like uh poetry or what good good art that touches you to the core that's i guess that's the mission the mission of that cabaret was accomplished right like it transformed me mm -hmm. because i really felt it how it is to be in the body or to be like to be trapped and feeling that judgment and all that and since then honestly I just kind of released my guard and I, and I looked at them differently. I started treating them with respect and kind of, well, it is what it is, you know, that they choose, it's their choice. They choose to do this and it's their journey. So that was it. Um, and that movie also, when I watched it, it was such a profound experience for me because I was like, and you could really see how the man was struggling and how was he struggling being a man. But then when he was home and putting on these dresses and makeup and the actor was brilliant. Uh -huh. And you could really see how he was coming to life. And it was like so much excitement and, you know, just a lot of life and love. And I was like, wow, that's incredible. And being in the relationship with a woman, like for her, it was tough, obviously, because she thought it was all a game up until she understood that it's not. And like, he's serious mm -hmm. about it. So, mm. 
So yeah, I mean, that's my experience with it. And I'm still kind of digesting this whole thing. And when you started talking about you being with a girlfriend and when you told your second girlfriend in college, like she didn't take it very well. So yeah, sorry, I digressed a bit, but I yeah, feel yeah, like I, I started say, to share. I wouldn't say she didn't take it very well. It's just, it wasn't, she was, I think she was a bit embarrassed about it. And I mean, she certainly listened and understood it. And, um, Mm-hmm. But, you know, she had a pretty heavy Christian orientation, so it didn't fit into that, that belief system. Right. Okay. So what happened next? I mean, how did you come to this whole journey? Because I know through your business, so you were a businessman and doing software and set up your company. And then at one point you started being depressed, drinking a lot of beer because I read through your story and this is where you actually came out. Mm-hmm. So can you talk about mo- more about that journey? Uh, sure. So yeah, I, I worked for a big software company for a few years in Holland. And then, uh, I, when they, it was a UK software company and they wanted me to come back to the UK and I was like, I want to go traveling. So <laughs> I left, uh, and I came to the U S and I traveled around a bit and then I met someone, uh, we fell in love. We started, you know, we started this company together. Um, so, and she was very supportive of my cross-dressing. I told her, you know, we became girlfriend and boyfriend. And, um, you know, she, she was very supportive of me. You know, she wanted to help me with makeup tips, which I, <laughs> at the time I, I had, I, she was more open to it than I was, I think. But you were so, a couple? Um, like, were you a couple? Oh, yeah. We lived together. Oh, yeah, wow. That's really absolutely. interesting. Hmm. Yeah. Was, was she also a, a, a bias, bias, bisexual? Because I'm trying to understand for a woman, how is it like, was she attracted to the female energy more or how? Well, we didn't, we didn't make love with me wearing female clothing. So, and, and also, uh, you know, she, she died in 93 of cancer. So, Aww, you know, for the last to year to 18 months, she really wasn't you know, she really wasn't in a place to have any sexual feeling mm. at all, really. Mm. Um, so, um, and it was an interesting situation because, um, you know, she was married, separated from her husband, but she was still, you know, she still loved her husband. And she had two kids with her husband who were only a few years younger than me. So it was quite an interesting situation. Mm. Um so and did I you was friends feel- with her husband, you know, and I was friends with her kids. So, you know. Okay. It, it, so yeah. you felt supported and encouraged kind of to pursue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she, she encouraged me, she supported me. And then, um, and then I had, a, had an, an, another girlfriend later who I lived, you know, we semi lived with each other. She was in another town and I, stay the weekend with her or she'd stay the weekend with me. Um, and she, she really had, she had kind of kind of traditional outlook on things. So I did tell her I cross-dressed, but she wasn't really, you know, it wasn't her thing. And she found it like, for example, in the United States at Halloween, it's pretty easy to, to for men to, to wear dresses and makeup, you know, because you get, everyone gets to dress up at Halloween. Yeah. And, yeah. And, a, and a lot of, a lot of people who do like to cross-dress, whether they're men or women, 
And maybe we should talk about women cross-dressing in a moment. <laughs> we should, yeah. Too. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of men who like to cross-dress will do it at Halloween because that, that's their, you know, then they're allowed to. Yeah, right? that's the only day but, when they're allowed to. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I do that. She wasn't so keen on it. And then we joined this honesty group together um, because our relationship was having some issues. And, and, and you know, we, we both wanted to grow personally. So we went to this weekly group where we, you know, everyone would tell the truth in a moderately loving way. Um, and so that the group encouraged me, you know, they said, well, gee, we want to see you wearing a dress. So I, I, I'd never really been out in public that much. Um, so I, I drove over there. I was like terrified. I'm like, oh, what if they don't like me? You know, what if the cops stop me on the way there? What am I going to say? Oh, my and God. So I'm driving over the, the Beltway in Washington, D.C., driving over some, the bridge over the Potomac River, and I have a flat tire. Oh, no. And I'm on the side of the freeway <gasps> wearing this dress and heels, you know, changing the, the, um, the wheel. And I know how to change a tire, right? And I've done that before. So it, technically, this wasn't an issue, but I was like nervous that some, my, my fear was, what if some guy stops to help me? And then, then he figures out I'm a guy in a dress and he gets upset. Or, or worse, you know. Um, so, so this guy, so someone did stop, and he was quite a gentleman. And I, you know, I tried to say as little as possible because, you know, I still am working on my female voice, and and back then I definitely was working on it. But he helped me change, you know. And I felt the best thing was to play the role of the helpless female, and like, okay, man's here, let him change the tire, even though I totally know how to do this myself. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's a very good lesson, Michaela. Thank you very much. I do that all the time. <laughs> you yeah. you let men do stuff even when you know how to do it because it makes them feel good. Well, because it makes me feel good, and it keeps the polarity. Makes you feel good to get take. It makes you feel good to take and be taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's a little different when it's a stranger and it's on the freeway. And, yeah, you know. that's true. Okay, so well, what happened? I mean, was everything okay? It, yeah, it was just, fine. It was fine. He helped me change these. You know, he said, you know, he, he didn't have any bad intentions. And I got to the group and, you know, I, I was there in my dress and makeup. And How did and you I feel? Got, well, I felt very full of energy, you know, embarrassed or red in the face, but I did it anyway. And I was, and afterwards I felt full of energy for doing it. I, I don't think my girlfriend was quite so, you know, she, she expressed what she was feeling. I can't remember what she was feeling at the time now, because this was like uh, 20 years ago now. Um, anyway, then a little further down, you know, maybe six months or a year later, we ended up breaking out, breaking up because I wanted to come out more, mm -hmm. right? You know, I'd start wearing nail polish on my toes and, wear more effeminate clothes, you know, even if they weren't female clothes, they were more feminine. And, and I'd start wearing eyeliner. You know, so let me, let so, me ask you, let me ask you about this. Sorry, I'm going to, I'm going to interrupt you. Um, yeah, go ahead. What is it about that feminine energy or like that fem looking like a female that's so attractive to you or like that you identify with? And being in a male body, like, I'm just trying to understand what is it. Cause I, I mean, 
I identify with and I can, I can express it as, you know, but I have a female body. So for me, it's like, okay, that's how things are working, I suppose. But I, I love it, you know, and I, and the more actually I'm in touch with my femininity and I'm, I'm still, I'm on a journey. I guess I'm on a journey with you, Michaela. <laughs> Cause I'm like, <laughs> no, but seriously. And then my mission with Girl Skill is to help women do that more and more if they choose to, right? Like, how do we fully express our femininity? How do we fall back into it? How do we embrace it? How do we surround ourselves with beauty more? And uh, everything you're talking about now, you know, nail polish, uh, you know, eyelashes, all of that is such a big part of who we are. So can you, can you explain a little bit like how is it? Because, you know, I understand it because I'm, I have a female body, but how do you identify with it and how is the experience for you? Well, I, I'm not you, so I don't know exactly, but I assume you have a female spirit as well as a female body. Mm-hmm. And for me, I have a female spirit and I happen to have a male body and it feels good to me to, to dress feminine and appear feminine. So I, you know, I, I think it's pretty analogous. Um, you know, I can't, I haven't been you, so I don't know exactly what goes on for you, but I, feel good wearing beautiful clothing and having you know being attractive you know so you feel you feel most attractive when you when you're feminine when you when you look like a woman and you feel like a woman yes yeah i i i feel most attractive now i know that if i wear male clothes you know if i'm wearing a sharp business suit um other you know women find that attractive Yes. I mean, I'm an attractive person either way, you know. I have a lot of um, inner light. It's how I see a lot. If you, I don't know if you've read that Aubrey uh, Hepburn quote about, you know, beauty comes from within your light shining within. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. If you're vibrant and full of energy and you're shining your light, you're going to appear attractive no matter what you're doing. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's nice to, to put eye makeup on, you know, these tricks that we do as women with our makeup, you know, they enhance. If you do, you know, I, I, I've been through, I, I'm sure all women have done this. You know, we go through when you're learning to do makeup, you, you sometimes overdo it. <laughs> yeah. Right. When you're a teenager, I know if you have this memory, you know, sometimes you put more makeup on than is wise. Um, and the same thing happens with, with, men who are putting on makeup and learning to do it. Sometimes men put up, put too much makeup on, right? You've probably seen this with men who are transgender yeah. or cross-dressed. They go overboard. And one of the things you learn as uh, in femininity is that, you know, less is more. And, uh, you know, usually with makeup, you want to be fairly subtle. So you ideally people can't even tell that you have makeup on. You just look wonderful. Right. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, okay. So I interrupted you with my whole questioning. Uh, let's continue going because you were telling us the story of what happened six months after that group that, you know, you, you put on a dress for the first time. You know, you met this guy. Everything was okay. You, you were to that meeting and you wanted to come out more and more. And so you had another girlfriend, you said? No, same girlfriend. We were together for okay. seven years, but wow. you know, I just wanted to come out more, and she really w- didn't want that. And and also, we both had like a little, uh, you know, we'd had sex with other people and were upset about that. So, you know, we were having some issues. So we, anyway, we broke up, 
you know, and it was, you know, it was a pretty, you know, I think we just both said, Hey, uh, let's just break up because like, this is, I mean, you know, but we stayed in the honesty group. So every week we saw each other. So, which is, you know, not how most breakups happen. Um, you don't usually see the person so much. So every week we had an honest conversation and we expressed a lot of the hurt and upset and sadness and joy that we had from the previous seven years and cleaned that up. So that was really, um, you know, I was really happy that we both did that. Um, and I definitely recommend that to anyone who is breaking mm. up, have some structure there so you can clean up any residual stuff from the relationship and grow from it and learn from it. You know? mm-hmm. So, okay. And then what happened? And then, well, then, then I dated someone else and she, you, you know, there's a pattern here. All these people I've dated were all women. Yeah, so, actually, I wanted uh, to ask you because you talk about girlfriends, but then yes, you because I'm attracted that- to women. Even when I'm a woman, I'm attracted to women because orientation is a separate dimension from uh, gender. You know, so I can be I can be a woman and I'm still attracted to women. Now, I I also am attracted to men, but I have to tell you that I find many not all men. Some men can be good at relating and communicating. Um, but, you know, that's not the stereotype, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, strong, silent type would be the stereotype, right? <laughs> you have difficulty communicating and have difficulty crying in front of you and, you know, um, and so on. So anyway, for whatever reason, I generally, I, I've, you know, generally had long-term relationships with, with women. I've, I've certainly had uh, friends with benefits who've been men you know, and had sex with men. And I, I like having sex with men. It's fun, you know. I mean, I feel that's a way also to feel more feminine. You know, if you're, mm-hmm. if you're doing sexual, I probably shouldn't go into the intimate details of what. Oh, please. What, if you're comfortable yeah. with it, I'd love to oh, talk about it. I, because... I just, okay. Well, I just didn't know. You, you've got to guide me on how, what kind of rating this podcast There's has. There's no so. rating here. That's the point. I mean, if you're oh. open to talking about it. I, I'm fine. I, that's it. how I, I yeah. mean, if, you know, we were having a coffee in Thailand, we would be talking about the how how much you want to share. Then that's, you know, if you're, if you're okay with sharing this on the podcast, then I'm, I'm, I'm all up for it because I, I think there's not enough conversations about this. You know what I, I mean? I yeah, I don't think there's anywhere we can go. I mean, I don't want to, in you know, invade other people's privacy who I've done things with. So I'll probably leave names out of it. Yeah, yeah, that's good. I really don't think there's anywhere we can go that I'm going to be uncomfortable talking about. <laughs> and, um, you know, you need to tell me if we get beyond where you want to talk. So, yeah, I'll, uh, I think I'll stop you. I think if I become really uncomfortable then I'll, I'll stop you. But, but honestly, like I, I, I also, I, I mean, I'm very open about sexuality and I, I talk about things and I feel like people have become so politically correct and are not talking honestly about things that need to be talked about. And I'm, and I'm super curious about your, your journey, your experience and everything you're saying is just completely new to me. I've never had a conversation like this. So this is fascinating. I'm like, give me everything you have, Michaela. (laughs) And our listeners, I think are are like, and I'm sure a lot of women would actually not, 
you know, the fact that I'm talking to, as I said, I, I was scared. I didn't want to do it. And a lot of women I feel like would be in my position. And so now I'm kind of acting for them as well. So they can hear <laughs> this. And because this is really, really, this is fast. This is really interesting. So please continue. <laughs> well, y- you know, I, I enjoy sucking penises. You know, I enjoy having oral sex. Um, it's fun. You know, I, and, I can identify a, with I get that. excited. Yeah. And it feel, I feel very feminine doing that. Um, and you know, if it's, if it's, um, done well, there's a, a strong connection between the people involved, you know, and, and actually having studied how to do better oral sex, one of the keys is to have excitement and keep eye contact with the guy, you mm-hmm. know, and he, for him to see the excitement in your face gets him more excited. So, um, well, that's what I learned. I learned that from Nina, um, what's her name? I'll have to look up her name. Anyway, she's a sexologist. I went to a workshop she gave. I hope you can share this in the tools and resources section when we get to that. Yeah, I, I'll... <laughs> tools and resources sexologist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, she was a famous porn star, but then she went into giving workshops on, on sex. I want to say it's ne- Nina Hartley or Hanley, but I don't want to misidentify the wrong Nina. Um we can we can I, we can find her later. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So okay. I also so I started dating uh, another girlfriend who was into BDSM. So which for those who don't know, BDSM stands for bondage, uh, discipline, sadism, masochism, and it might also stand for for some other names in the middle there that I'm forgetting. That, so that's all about uh, the uh, dominant and a s- subordinate relationship or well, not it's about yeah i mean it's partly about dominance well so it's the six six uh, words in there i'm forgetting what the other two are but they they yeah bondage and discipline so bondage means tying people up or restraining them in some way so so that's kind of interesting because you know if if it's a man who's being restrained then that lets the woman take the active role and he he there's nothing he can do about it right mm-hmm you know how sometimes when you're dominant with the man and he he kind of flips it and then he becomes dominant? Yeah. Right? If he is tied up, he cannot do that. Right. Yes. So it kind of totally flips that, that energy role. And then, um, what did we say? Bondage, so the girlfriend. Discipline. Uh-huh. So she was really into it. So she was into that, yeah. Yeah, she was really into it. And, and, and so I was like, well, this sounds frightening and interesting. Let's go into it. <laughs> so, and, and it's also the case that the BDSM community is very open to transgender and cross-dressing. So, I mean, that was the initial attraction for me. Oh, here's a place where I can wear a dress and makeup and heels and be a girl and everyone will be just totally accepting and fine. So, you know, we'd go to events, you know, where, where you could do that. And it was great. Um, but I also did learn, you know, I did learn about BDSM and, and get into it. And, and what's interesting is that, you know, we, we talk about femininity and masculinity, but some of that polarity is around dominance and submission. Yeah, you know, absolutely. It's like, mm-hmm. So... And so, and, and that's part of the thing about gender in society. You know how there's a whole thing with, you know, there's a whole Me Too thing on yeah. social media about men and women who've been sexually abused or raped. Um, 
And there's also a whole discussion that I've been involved in. You know, I've done some interviews on my podcast with women in technology who, you know, they, they get, they don't get listened to at meetings or they don't get as paid as much as men or, or they, um, they don't get treated, their ideas don't get treated seriously or, you know, various other issues that occur in the workplace. And a lot of that seems to me is, is that we have like a, a, a hierarchical, uh, gender thing set up where the men are dominating and the women are submissive. You know, and that's really not to do with, uh, it's not really to do with the feminine, you know, that doesn't have to be male and female. That's just how we've set it up. But that corresponds, would you agree that corresponds with a masculine and feminine energy? No, I don't think it has to. Mm. I, I think that's a creation we've made. Because to me, okay, I'll, I'll share my experience as a, as a girl, as a woman, as a, as a feminine, the more I step into my femininity the more mm-hmm. I feel like I want to be taken, if that makes sense, taken in, in, you know, in a sexual intercourse, mm-hmm. but also taken, let, mm-hmm. letting him lead. That makes me feel very, very happy. And when I step back yeah. and let the man be the man, but, so, but I believe much? in polarity, you know, so for me, this is very clear. There's a very clear difference for me. Yeah. So, but how much of that is, is femininity and how much is it, is it submission? Maybe you just really like submitting. (laughs) Maybe, but maybe, maybe I was the dominant one my whole life before I started in in, in this journey. Well, why do you think people, why do you think people like submission? It's because they have to be in control in the rest of life. Why do you think men like being tied up and have to submit to some dominatrix who does things to them? Um, who, yeah, you know, they can say having them go. done, but mm-hmm. it's so they can let go of that control. Absolutely. But would you, would so, you agree that more women or like more, the female energy doesn't thrive on being dominating and being the, the one in charge? Say, say that again. I'm sorry. I, I didn't so quite would you, <laughs> so I'm, I'm saying that like the masculine energy gets it's energy or feels great when they're when it's in charge in the sense that it gets the the flow and and you know that they feel happy i don't want to say happy but in the sense that that's the point i just don't i don't think well you said the masculine energy so you're saying that whether someone's a woman or a man if they're yes, running their masculine energy mm-hmm. um i still think it's a separate separate dimension i think dominance and submission is, is not exactly the same i think we've overlapped it with male and female mm-hmm. but i really don't think i mean just think of the the um you know the mother whose children are being threatened and how she like will like do anything to to protect them is is that being female is that being male you know think of the man who who is being nurturing to his children is he now being female or is that male nurturing? To me, that's male nurturing, but that's because of my, my little box that I've put around gender and polarity. Like I've, I feel very strongly about this, you know, <laughs> but yeah. I mean, who knows? I might be wrong. Like we were all, we're all kind of going around putting our theories, what works for us, right? Like what is female? Well, I, male? I, yeah. I just want to put out, 
here that maybe dominance and submission is is not doesn't have to be the same as male female Mm -hmm. and if we and if we separate it out and just say hey honey i feel like being submissive tonight you know or i want to be taken care of or i want to be in charge you know and if we separate that out and can be conscious of that and and don't always assume that the woman will be the one who is submissive yeah. Then that can that can actually address a lot of the gender politics mm-hmm. and harassment that we that we have going on that's being brought up and being more um, visible. You know, it's not like this stuff didn't exist many years ago. Of course it did, but I think now we're we're bringing this to the surface with all the Harvey Weinstein thing and the other stuff, so that we can clean it up uh, and and move forward. Yeah, I agree with you. And then, you know, the whole dominance and submission, obviously, we can't, like, we can talk about these two diff- these two things in, in, a, in a different contexts, right? We can talk about it in sexuality and in bed, in the bedroom, in sex. We can talk about, you know, there, there's like every day-to-day life of a wife and husband where she's the dominant in certain areas, he can be dominant in others, and then he's submissive and things, you know? So it's such a broad subject. Like, we can't really put it black or white. Now we started talking about BDSM, and that's that's how we digressed, I guess, uh, into this discussion. So, Michaela, let's get back into your story. And so so you started more and more. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, we can talk about this forever, honestly. Like, there's so many subjects yes. to talk about, and I'd love for Absolutely. you... Absolutely. Let's get back to my story. Yeah, let's yes. focus on your story, and then maybe we do another episode later uh, where we talk about <laughs> these different things. Because I, I think that I'm really interested in your kind of transformation and your journey where... It, and we're going to get to your name change as well. So we have to get there. Come on, <laughs> let's get there. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Thank you for thank you for being in control. Uh, no worries. <laughs> it's my show, so yes. it's my responsibility. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I did, you know, I did dress female more, and I'd go to weekend conferences with my girlfriend, and we'd be, you know, or oh, we went out. I remember one time we were in Las Vegas, and Las Vegas is a very you know, you can do pretty much everything in Las Vegas. So, you know, seeing being a guy wearing makeup and a dress and a wig or whatever. I had shorter hair back then, so I wore wigs because that's another way it would be a feminine, right? Have longer hair. Um, so, yeah, we. she was very open about it. And, um, you know, I started coming out more than to friends. Um, I think as part of the honesty group, I did some kind of eight-day honesty retreat. This was little going back in time i think and they set me a challenge to tell my come out to my parents by the end of the year so this was in the summer right and i got all the way to december 31st new year's eve (laughs) and i like told my parents how old were you back then oh my parents didn't know until i was in my mid-30s that's when i told them but they had no clue right because you were always dressed as a man around them and yes okay And so did you, t- and, you know, did you if tell I wore, them? If I, yeah, I did tell them. Yeah, I was very... How did that go? Very hot. Well, um, I was very afraid. I, I found a little I found a little booklet on online that I got in the mail, like how do you tell your family that you, wow. you're transgendered or you're stressed? So in the end, I just kind of handed that to them because uh, I was kind of having trouble getting words to come out of my mouth. But we did talk about it a bit and they, you know, they were said, we still love you. And, 
Um, they tried to, my mother really didn't understand at the time. She's like, Oh, well, does that mean you're going to be on stage? You know, she didn't call them lady boys, but you know, are you going to do a show? And I'm like, no, this is what I'm doing in regular life. And then they did, did see me, you know, as a woman, you know, later when they visited me in the United States where I was living. So, How so that was nice. Um, so you okay? So so then that that wasn't as 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 bad as some of the story. So, some some I guess uh, stories cases. I don't know how to say. That. I mean, it could have gone worse, right? So you felt like you were kind of accepted, and and it was okay. Yeah, no, I I felt accepted. I mean, I I think at the time my father was like, well, yeah, I'm okay with it. This isn't my preference, and I'm okay with it. Um, I think now he's a lot more accepting well he's older so you know i think the older people get they tend to get more accepting it's like you know and are you why, the only the only upset. son in the family i'm the only i'm the only child yeah were there yeah. questions about you know what about children i mean do you want to have children i do like no. do you have no mm-hmm. no don't have sh- don't have don't want <laughs> okay did you have a conversation um, with i thought Elba? about that yeah Oh yeah, I've t- I talked to them. Uh, I told them I don't want to have children, which they I think they were disappointed because they wanted grandkids, as many yeah. people do. Yeah. Um. So, and particularly as I'm the only child, so like you know, in theory, the the family line will not carry on. But you know, given that my family name is Smith, I think there's a few hundred million other Smiths in the planet. We'll keep the family name going, <laughs> and. And in That's addition, a good way to look to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, I think we're spiritual beings having human experiences, and you know, we reincarnate. You know, we have multiple lifetimes. So, really, it's not. I, you know, I don't feel I need to have kids. And and also, I made you know when I was with this girlfriend who was into the BDSM, she her biological clock was you know, ticking away, you know, we were in our late thirties and she felt she needed to make a decision, you know, whether to have kids or not. And and we talked about it and we both decided we don't want to have kids. So, and that helped me get, you know, think through my, my own desires in this area. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I run a business and I travel a lot and I know to be a good parent, I'd want to devote a lot of time to that and I'm choosing to put my time and energy elsewhere so yeah okay uh, and what about the the extended family and and your friends I mean were you were you met with a lot of judgment resistance have you lost any any friends any family member connections no haven't I mean all, all as far as I know the all family know that I do this um, I certainly have told some of them explicitly, and I think they t- t- told each other. And I, I'm open on Facebook. Like a, three years ago, I started posting pictures to Facebook of me uh, being female. So, and you know, mm-hmm. you know, definitely some of my family members, Facebook friends. So, and my father is a Facebook friend. My mother never got into Facebook, so, but she saw photos of me. Um, so, so your transfer. So let me. Okay, let me get this right. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong. 
So up until a certain point, you you identified as a man, but you were just cross dressing. And at some point, you said about three years ago, you you I guess not finally. I don't want to say finally, but at some point, you decided to identify as a woman. Is that correct? No, no. I've always identified as a woman. I've always felt I'm female inside. Um. And I I labeled it cross dressing when I was younger. You know, I did maybe I didn't have uh, you know the understanding when I was growing up of, of what this is. Um, so and and then I you know for I when I was teaching workshops or maybe these BDSM things or whatever I would use the name Michelle back then as a female name, mm-hmm. and because it's near to Michael, which was my birth name. Um, and then more recently, uh, I'm not sure. I'm getting lost. What your question was? But so what? Re- what I'm asking. So you always identified as a female, but were you referring to yourself? So before you came out, let's say, mm-hmm. were, were you referring to yourself as a, as a he, for example, or your friends? So oh what? yes, yeah. So I've now shifted in the last uh, month. I, you know, I started using. Michaela, which originally I was pronouncing Michaela. I put an A on the end of Michael. <laughs> yeah. And then I went to a college reunion and one of the people who I hadn't, you know, hadn't said, here's how I pronounce my name. She said, oh, hi, Michaela. And I was like, oh, no, I pronounce it Michaela. But afterwards I thought, I kind of like how that sounds. I, I'm going to use Michaela. So when I went to the conference um, a month ago that we were both at, yeah, you know, I asked, hey, can I use, can I have my name tag as, Michaela Light, which, you know, I used the, the, the pen name Michael Light for the book I wrote. And I thought, Michaela Light, that sounds kind of nice. So I did that on my name tag. And then I was at the mastermind day where, you know, we're in a group with like, you know, seven other entrepreneurs. And we're talking about our, whatever our business issue is. And I was talking about some revenue issue. And then someone else was having their turn. And I just had this incredible urge to go to the bathroom like now. <laughs> and so I, I went out of the room and as soon as I left the room, the urge to go to the bathroom now went away. You know, I still need to go to the bathroom, but it wasn't like I had to go now. And I saw the, uh, one of the admin people, I think it was Catalina or, or Carly who were helping out. And I said, can you change my name in the, you know, the membership directory to be Michaela Light? And she said, sure, I'll do it right now. She did it right then. And I think I had a spiritual message. You know, the reason I needed to go to the bathroom so bad was not because I really needed to go to the bathroom so bad. It was that I need, you know, my higher self was guiding me. Go outside now, you'll be able to do this. And I just had this intuition, I need to do this now. Change my name now. And then later that afternoon, I went back up to my room and I'd been thinking about changing my name on Facebook. And... You know, Facebook makes it a little hard to change your name, okay? I don't know if you've changed your name on Facebook. But I they, tried to do a know, last they, name. Mm-hmm. You tried to change your last name? Yeah, you last name, last I think, easier. Well, it, for me, they display this thing saying, you, you're, this must be your official government ID name. You know, you must have some passport or other ID in this name. And, and you won't be able to change it back for 60 days. So you better be real sure you want to do this, right? Um, 
So I was a little frightened to, to change it, but then I talked to some other people who've changed their name on Facebook, and they're like, yeah, just change it. They, they don't really, you know, they don't really check that stuff. Um, so I changed it, it was fine, um, and I felt good in doing that. And then I changed my gender on Facebook. Well, they don't give you a song and dance to change your gender on Facebook. You can change your gender five times a day, and they don't care. So I, I don't know if you've ever looked at this, but somewhere in the settings in Facebook, you can pick your gender, and they actually give you three options. You can be, you can have him, you know, you, you can be he, him, or you can be she, she, her, or that you can be they, them, I guess, is the other option. So they have a, an androgynous choice in there, mm-hmm. um, which is nice because some people don't want to identify their gender at all. You know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I did that. And I didn't make an announcement. My Facebook friends, you know, I'm probably, I'm sure they saw my name had changed. And I left, my, what I did is I, you know, in Facebook, you can have a, a secondary name you know, that displays. Right, right. So I left my male name up there for people who might get confused. And I also changed my profile photo to a, a, a photo of me wearing makeup and mm-hmm. having so when I, when I when I kind of, because I know, you know, I've been in the room when you mentioned it and all that, and I, and, and you know, like in, on this interview, I'm, I'm kind of, so, so I was asking myself, do I call you a, a her, a she? And I, and I felt... Like I felt resistance to it. Like, I don't even know if it was resistance or just confusion. I think it was mostly confusion because, like, I know you have a male body, but now I have to refer to you as a she. And so I think my mind was a bit. And now I'm now I'm now I'm comfortable with it because, like, we had a discussion for an hour and a half, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> Michaela, Michaela, you know, I mean, it's a muscle. Like I'm training, with, and now I'm okay with it. <laughs> but before it was well, like nice. a, a, a she. You know what I mean? Like it was just hard. The transition is hard, even though you know we haven't been friends or whatever. But still, I think you know the the idea that there's a male body, and I know you have a male body, and then so it was like my brain is a bit like, uh, uh, you know, the computer is really having difficulty, like running a new program <laughs> or updating its software. <laughs> I think that's what's happening to my brain. <laughs> but I think now now it's good. So tell us, um, tell because. Tell us a bit more about the name change because you said that is such a struggle. So, I mean, are you going to change your documents now? Are you going to, because I know, I mean, you wrote a book. I, and you know, I, I haven't, I, I haven't made a firm decision there. At the moment, I haven't changed my documents. I mean, maybe I will. I mean, one of our mutual friends, Quinn Zeta, she changed her name between one female name and this name that I would say is somewhat androgynous. Quinn is an androgynous name. I don't know if that was part of her intention or not, but, but she very, she very strongly felt that was her new name. And she chose, you know, I did talk with her about this and she gave me a lot of encouragement. And also she acted, I'm very proud of her because she acted as my enforcer at that conference we were at where one of our uh, mutual friends was like, well, I'm not going to call Michaela, Michaela, you know, he's Michael, you know, and, and she said, how dare you disrespect her like that? You know? mm. Cause it is this, you know, if someone wants to be called a certain name, you know, it's respectful to use the name they, they have. Now I'm not going to, if someone forgets, I, I'm fine. If someone forgets and they just use my old name or they use the other pronoun because they forget that's fine. I'm not upset with that. But if someone deliberately knows what your new name is and they don't use it, that's a little different. Yeah. Yeah. 
And so what are so but then you you have to change it everywhere on your website and your book and So yeah. Yeah, so I've got, you know, I haven't counted how many places. So I've changed it on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on Twitter. I've got two Twitter accounts, so I've changed on both of those. I've changed it. I've changed my email signature and added a photo in there. I changed it on my email from. I haven't yet changed the email address because that would require more work. Um, and if someone I haven't changed my Facebook URL. You know, mm-hmm. my Facebook URL is currently Abundant Michael. I probably should change it to Abundant Michaela. But that's linked from a lot of different places. So now I have right. to go out and find them. And then some of the things, right, some of the links get linked from other people's websites. Oh, gosh. So then you need to track down, okay, how many people have linked to my profile URLs? And then I need to ask that, hey, could you update this? You know, just, maybe you should will, just maybe put redirect links and that's it. But that's that's a redirect links. So like leave those links, but redirect them to new ones. But anyways, that's well, that's I like a whole. <laughs> I can't I, I can't do that for LinkedIn. Yeah, you, oh, there's no concept right. of a redirect link on LinkedIn. Oh, uh, man. You, you only have one URL, and if anyone, I don't know if anyone has. I've got to do a Google search to see where that link turns up, or maybe it's just on my own sites. In which case, it's pretty easy. Yeah. To, okay. To change. So and then mm-hmm. and then also all the. You know, all the fast programs and whatever you, I use, they all have my name in them and I have my, a lot of them have my photo. So, I mean, maybe that doesn't affect other people seeing it, but it affects me seeing it. So there's just hundreds of places. My yeah. Name but it's a gradual up. transition. So I'm sure in time, I mean, you know, it's, it's oh, a yeah. step by step process. Fine. So yeah. And so exactly. what do you and do? I'm- what do you do if someone, you know, refers to you as, as Michael? Or like a like a he, for example, addresses you as a he as a Michael. Do 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 correct them, and then say. Um, generally, I just let it go. I I I mean, I'll reply if it's in email. I reply back as Michaela, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't try and correct them. Uh, I mean, if I felt they were deliberately doing it to like get on my nerves, <laughs> then yeah. I might address it. Yeah, but if they're just making it, it's just like you say, it's hard to change this. It's a very low-level part of the brain, the naming. Now that, you know, you you kind of, I guess, fully embraced, you know, the name change and all of that, are you also thinking of, uh, you know, changing your body or altering your body to kind of completely and fully feel uh, and be as a woman? Or are you okay with how things are? So I, I would love to have a vagina. It, you know, when you're wearing a dress or a skirt, having a, a male bit that sticks out is inconvenient. You know, it just doesn't look good. And, you know, I, I wear clothing, you know, I wear an undergarment that kind of keeps that in control. But, yeah, it would definitely feel better as a woman to, to have that. And I, I also, from a spiritual health point of view, I'm really not a fan of surgery. I feel that when you cut into your body, you're cutting into your aura, and it kind of messes with your energy uh, as well as your health. And it's also the case that the current technology to make uh, you know, vaginas from penises doesn't really work amazingly well. It's okay, um, but it's not... Um, I mean, you know, you can still have orgasms with it, but it, it doesn't secrete fluid, you know, and it, it, and it has a, te- you know, how, you ever had your ears pierced and then you didn't put an earlobe, an earring in it for uh, six months and it closed up? Yeah, yeah. 
that's what happens when you make a, a, a vagina by turning a penis inside out. It, you have to keep, you know, putting things in there to to, keep, to yeah. make it. Yeah. So now, having said all this, this new stem cell technology that um, you can grow a vagina outside in the lab, and they've done wow. this for you know, there's a condition medically where some women um, are born without vaginas. And they grew uh, on a like a matrix in the lab, a vagina using that woman's own stem cells and then implanted in her and it worked just fine, you know, and they were very happy with it. They gave it 10 out of 10 ratings. So I'm hoping that that or some other DNA or nanotechnology will become available in, in the next few years that will let men who want to become women do that more effectively. And also let women who want to become men do that. Because right now, the surgery from for female to male really sucks. They, they like take a muscle out of your arm oh. and try and make a penis out of it. And and the problem is it doesn't really work so great. So, so I actually wanted to expensive. ask you about this because I mostly see or hear stories or, you know, all of that, uh, the transgenders who actually want to well, – in general, I think transgender and um, – and I've actually read that transgender is actually an adjective and not a noun during my research. Oh, I think it can be. I think it can be both. I don't know. I mean, sometimes people get on there. They get very sensitive on this thing. I, I'm not that sensitive okay. about it. Okay. But, that's, okay. That's good to know. Um, so do you, why, but, why there are no women, why there's not a lot of women actually who, or are there there, but they're not coming out? I mean, I'm just curious about this. Do no, you feel there definitely like, are trans, there are definitely trans men out there. I mean, the phrase, phrase would be trans men. And I've known a lot of them. But you've got to understand in a society that in the past has not been particularly welcoming to, to transgendered people of either either direction. Um, a lot of people, if they transition successfully and by successfully, I mean, they, they actually now look like a woman or, or a man as appropriate. They don't go around wanting to tell people they kind of go into stealth mode. Right. And and don't necessarily tell everyone that this is their past. Um, I think now, as, as our humanity is becoming more evolved, people are more okay um, saying, and I'm, t I'm okay. I, I think, you know, it's pointless. For, I mean, I'd rather just be open. You know, yes, I have a, had, was born a boy and I want to be a woman, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but yes, there are plenty of, of women who have their breasts removed and go on testosterone and grow facial hair. So right. okay. now having said that, it is the case as far as cross-dressing goes, and this was something I mentioned earlier, you know, women can get away with cross-dressing a lot easier than men. You yes. know, if you choose to wear male jeans and uh, uh, your boyfriend's shirt or whatever you call it, I mean, it's even in the fashion industry, right? Mm -hmm. You can have the boyfriend sweater or whatever, and you can, you know, it's possible for women not to wear makeup and not to have, like, shock horror newspaper stories written about them, Right. <laughs> You know, you can you can be fairly cross-dressed. Now, if you go back 100 years, that was not true. The first women who wore pants 100 years ago, they they were followed around and people laughed at them. Um, That's really interesting. So we've come a long way in that. That's regard. really interesting. So 
what's happening today is kind of the reversal of the past where you mentioned, you know, men wear makeup and hair and, um, you know, for centuries pretty much, right? Like going for pharaohs and all of these like, you know, 18th century like castle, the kings and all that while women were always kind of wearing, wearing skirts. And so now everything has changed. I, I guess, I guess it's, it's mostly related to like female empowerment and, um, you know, equal rights. And, and now that you're saying, I'm like, yeah, that's, that's a bit unfair that women, we can so easily dress however and where, wherever we want as a man. And it, it is actually in the fashion industry. Nobody's going to say anything while men, if, if men do that now, that's unacceptable. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that is an interesting thing. So, you know, what I just have a dream that we can all be humans and however we express our gender or our sexuality, as long as it's not hurting someone else uh, directly, uh, then it's fine. You know, if, 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 if I want to wear makeup today, wear makeup today. If I want to, if I want to wear pants, it's fine. You know, what just do, and that's the kind of gender fluid. Thing. I don't know if you researched that in your no no tell us about this <laughs> no so gender fluid is where a lot of younger people are where they don't identify as male or female they're just like well, this is what I feel like today and they move fluidly between along that spectrum of male and male and uh, femininity Hmm, that's really interesting. Okay, so Michaela, I just have one one last question, and I mean that's a big question actually. <clears throat> Ooh. Because I, so I want to talk about, <laughs> ooh, yeah, drum roll, please. Um, drum roll. Drum roll. I want to talk about judgment. And I want to talk about how you, mm. because, you know, in the beginning of the interview, you said, honey, nothing that you can ask me or anything that we talk about will make me feel intimidated, uncomfortable, or, you know, it like basically awkward or whatever. Um, and I find that so, first of all, I'm really attracted to that quality and I work on it daily because, you know, you just being you and accepting yourself for, for who you are fully is what the world really needs more of. And I feel, and I find it really interesting because your journey, you had to overcome a lot of challenges, a lot of struggles, a lot of judgment from society, from parents, you know. And I find it really interesting that people who are, like, let's say me, I was born a girl, I identify as a girl, and most of the people out there are struggling so much to be who they are because of society telling them how they should be. You know, there's so many emotions and limit, like beliefs inside there, and people, you know, are overeating, overdoing, over everything just because they want to be accepted. So... I want to learn and I think that the audience and like this is like if you can share with us your I guess how did you come to that and if you can tell us a couple of words or someone who's struggling because I you know you know sometimes I struggle as well um, and I've gotten better at this of being like it's fine I, I am just who I am and I and I want to talk and people still to this day actually ask me Anna but are you okay with you talking about sexuality and gender and putting your life on a plate, so to say, on social media? Aren't you afraid that people are going to, like, say something or it's going to be... I'm like, no, because that's who I am. So 
Can you share with us, can you talk a little bit more about how you overcome, overcame that and how, and one, one more thing is that you're part of this location-dependent entrepreneur community who is mostly men. Well, there's some more and more women coming up, right? But you're surrounded by men all the time. And like, I look at you sometimes and I'm like, gosh, and you ju- you're just there. You're just, you don't give a fuck. You're just there and you keep coming to the conferences. <laughs> Yeah, you keep coming to the conferences, you keep voicing your opinion, like, you just don't care, you know? And I was like, that, that is incredible. So, how, how did that happen? Like, because I want to learn from you, and I'm sure a lot of listeners are like, wow, that's, that's incredible. Like, how much courage is there? How much, like, what a journey, right? So, can you talk, please talk to us about that. Um, yeah, so, I, if someone else is judging me, it can only hurt me if I judge myself for that same thing. I think that's the, the key thing there. So if I can let go of my own judgments and I can accept, work on accepting myself and give myself self-love, and anywhere in my life I notice I'm not accepting myself, I can do whatever method I know. I could do you know, EFT tapping or I could uh, get help from an energy worker to clear that self lack of self-love and often it comes back to some childhood thing that needs to be cleared out that I've been carried around carrying around for a long time um, so the more what I found with with the you know cross-dressing or gender variation is that the if I don't accept myself then other people have trouble accepting me and and they get uncomfortable if I'm totally comfortable and I self, like, accept myself that typically tends to be how other people react. And I think this applies to everything in life. It's not just around, you know, gender and stuff. You know, if, if I'm confident about myself, other people are confident in me. If I'm happy about me, other people are happy around me. You know, it's what's inside is what turns out outside. So if there's anything in anyone listening's life where there's something you don't like about how other people are with you, it's a clue that there's something inside you that needs to shift. That is, that's brilliant. I think you just summed it up perfectly. And I, I couldn't agree more. So the message, let me just summarize it back to you and, and, uh, and you let me know if, if, I'm, if I'm correct. So the message is if there's anything in your life that you feel like people will judge you for or you're afraid to come out, you got to work with yourself to understand why and heal that part where you're judging yourself for it. And you got to work on that first because obviously like we can't control what people are going to say about us what are they going to judge us for because that's all their stuff and we will never be able to control their stuff manipulate change what we can control is what's inside as you mentioned yeah exactly and you know other people are going to have their own judgments you know and and there's that i i forget where i learned this but you know if, if someone's pointing their finger at you and they've got their four finger out and the three fingers are pointing back the, three, the point is that they have three fingers pointing back at themselves. Someone having a judgment about me says far more about them and their own limitations and beliefs than it says, says about me. Wow. Yeah. I never heard that. That, that. That's brilliant. Thanks so much for, for telling us that. Okay. All right, Michaela. So I think I got, well, not everything out of you, but I think I got the, the story. I think it was a great conversation. Um and really eye-opening, um, and I hope that women listening, I mean, there's some male listening, some men listening too, but I hope that women listening will 
you know, just become, I guess my whole point is become more understanding and tolerant because that's what I, that's my journey <laughs> with it. And I, and I, and I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, but we're not done yet because now we're getting <sighs> into the more masculine, uh, chat about the tools and resources that Michaela uses in her daily life to stay fulfilled, productive and efficient. It's time for tools and resources on girl skill. So let's get into it. Do you have some sort of a morning routine that keeps you productive and efficient? I, I do. Uh, typically, if I, when I wake up, in, I stay in bed. I have some crystals I've programmed uh, for healing purposes. So I'll often lie in bed for half an hour after I wake up with those on my body. I'll put them on my different chakra points. And what I do is I work on having my all my body parts be their ideal healthy version of, of myself uh, and beneficial for me and of high vibration so i find that really helps and my by all my body parts i mean all my cells all my bacteria viruses you know dna all that stuff all the physical bit you know feet body organs uh, blood system, you know, all the, if you've done anatomy, all the bits you'd see in anatomy. Mm-hmm. And then I also look at all my energy bodies, you know, my chakras, my meridians, other energy bodies, and I look at all my minds and dimensions. And so I find clearing, and sometimes I'll find in, you know, like often, I, I find I often get stuff stuck in my liver, for example. You know, I'll notice there's like some stuck energy there or tension uh, there, your liver's on your right side, just under your ribs, in case people listening don't know where their liver is. <laughs> it's often where we process emotions, or in particular anger, often gets stuck there. Um, so, you know, if I notice stuff there, I'll just visualize light going into it to clean it. So that's one of my morning routines, and I can do that during the day. If I need a nap, often I'll do this, you know, when I'm having a nap and I haven't fallen asleep. And, and I, I tell my angels that if I fall asleep doing this meditation, you just keep doing it for me, guys. So it doesn't, I don't have to worry about falling asleep. Um, and then I do sun gazing, go up on the roof of the apartment building in Chiang Mai, um, you know, within half an hour of, of dawn and gaze at the sun, taking its light and Sun gazing? Uh, joy. So is, is that yes. an activity where you go to the roof yes. and just look at the sun? Yeah, you just look at the sun. You 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 do it within half an hour of it having risen, or within half an hour of sunset, so it's not too strong. Right. And you just follow your own intuition, and maybe you only do it for a few minutes for the first time you do it. I mean, I, you can build it up to half an hour. Um. So. So what does it do? Uh, so you just stare. Heat. You just stare at the sun, kind of. And what does it do? Do you get the energy from it? The light, the, yeah, the masculine you get, energy. You get the, you get the energy from it. it. It kind of creates more happiness for me. I get more kind of full of joy and happiness when I do that. I mean, I think everyone listening has experienced if, if it's a gray day and you don't go outside, it's, it, it can get depressing real quick. I mean, you come from north, the northern Europe, right? Yeah. Well, Eastern Isn't that Europe. How it is in the winter there? Oh, my God. Yeah. In the it winter is there, it's depressing. And that's because yeah. we don't get enough sunshine, you know? So I think everyone associates, you know, if you can be in a sunny place and you can get out for a walk in the sun, that feels real good. But you can actually do it more deliberately and gaze at it and take in that energy. And I like to see it going into all my cells and energy bits. Or you can take a more feminine approach and just say, look, son, I'm just going to let you do whatever healing I need today. You give it to me. You know? 
Yeah. Okay. And I often feel my body shaking from the shift of the energy going on when I do that. And I also do, do it into the backs of my chakras. I mean, the, our chakras have fronts and backs, and I'll turn around and let it come into my back uh, as well. So for, so for everyone listening, chakras, who, who's not familiar, are these uh, seven energy centers um, that well, it's it's mostly well. It's not only yoga, but yoga is related to that. But it's how how would you describe the chakras for everyone who doesn't know what they are? So they are energy centers in the body. Yes, there are seven ma- main chakras, but we also have hundreds of smaller chakras. Um, and if you just Google chakras, you will find you know diagrams of where these chakras are and. You know, if you if you look into Indian or Chinese medicine, they will utilize these things or yoga. You know, will look at them too. But they they're they're different folks of energy. So an example, the heart chakra is often regarded as a focus of of love, and then the stomach chakra, the solar plexus, is your power center. The throat chakra is where we have communication stuff. So if if you have blockages in one of those areas, you know, if you've had a bad breakup you may have issues in your heart chakra if you have difficulty expressing your power maybe you have something going on in your in your stomach chakra and so on okay all right got it cool so is there anything else uh, so you do the crystals put them on your body when you wake up sun gazing do you continue your morning routine with something else or you just oh get yeah back? i have quite a morning routine all so, right yeah, I let's go kund- <laughs> i do some i do some kundalini yoga um, I take a cold shower because that is good for my body. Um, and I also set my intention for the day. You know, I say, well, I think of all the things I'm going to do in the day and I just see them going easily and well or whatever. You know, like for this podcast, I saw us having a good uh, connection and it was joyful and, and a fun thing. It know? was So indeed. I set the intention. <laughs> Yeah. So when I do that for all my things, you know, if I'm going to do work and I also set intention, you know, my food is going to be tasty and nutritious for me and healthy and joyful. I have a whole list of other things. It takes about five or 10 minutes for me to visualize all those uh, different things. And for my, my, my business, I visualize my business like it's a tree, it's an abundance tree, and it's shining with light, and all my staff are carefully tending the tree and being happy there, and then they're like all the fruit of profits rain down to me from the tree. Oh, that's that, a really that's good image, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. Okay, thank you for sharing that. Now, do you have uh, some top apps or you know softwares that or you know programs you use that you just can't live without and they make your day very efficient? Mm, I'm not. I really don't. I, I must admit, I, I really don't carry my phone around much, um, so I don't really use apps. Um, I, I use my phone mostly if, if I cannot figure out how to get somewhere with my own natural instinct of direction. I, I will whip out Google Maps. Um, but I have it turned on. My phone is on silent mode. I think that's what you call it. So it never makes noises. I've noticed other people's phones often beep or, or do things to them. <laughs> um, so it's there for my convenience. And I have been using it to do some Facebook Lives because I'm doing this 90-day video challenge. So I've been using it for that more right. recently. Okay. So no. I'm not really an app queen. Um, and then I, I use Basecamp for all my projects. I find that helps me organize things. So mm-hmm. 
And okay. then I use Speedify to speed up my internet connection when I'm traveling. Oh, my um, God. Combines- I've been trying to use Speedify, but for some reason it doesn't work. So I, I don't know why oh. I have to figure it out. But basically, it's it like it, what it how would you explain how uh, what it does? So it, it combines. Uh, several internet connections together to give you the combined multiple speed of, of two of them. So if you have a Wi-Fi that's, you know, one megabit a second and, and your phone SIM, you know, phone data is, you know, whatever that is, it can, it adds them all together so it all comes out faster. And also it, you know how sometimes the, the Wi-Fi will glitch out for like, you know, a tenth of a second and your Skype call drops? Yeah. It'll use the second, it'll use the second or third internet to like fill in the the drop so it doesn't drop out as much that sounds brilliant but i i didn't i just didn't uh you know have a chance to make it work for me but i know my husband uses so so that's that's great is there anything else that you want to share on this um, yeah i i've been using arc arc backup that kind of backs up in the background um my files that seems to be working good arc like arc arq arq okay i never heard of that um yeah, and I've been happy with that, and I've had to restore from it one time, and it's successfully restored. So, it um, I've got, it'll go to any cloud storage. I have it set up to go to my Dropbox, so um, it it makes backups every hour or whatever of, okay. of any files. That's convenient. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So, so those are good things, and then I will mention one other one that's a an extension for Chrome. Uh, which I think is really interesting, uh, which is uh, called Crystal Nose. And it will, if you're viewing someone's LinkedIn profile, it'll give a personality analysis of them and tell you what words to use when you're talking with them and what words to avoid. Oh, my God. So, and, they have a, and they have an email add-on when you're in Gmail and you're writing an email to – if I was writing an email to you, it would say, oh, talk to Anna this way, you know, don't, don't use these phrases and it would try it'd be like a spell check it would try and correct what you were saying that's so, like um, communication ha- hacking that's amazing i love that okay yeah. awesome thanks so much michaela now we go into the like the people you follow and maybe inspirational blogs you read or any websites you know that you just visit on a daily basis to get inspiration from or your information um, I I get a daily email from Abraham Hicks that I read. That's pretty inspirational. Um, so and we can sign I up really on the website. Yeah, that's probably. I think they. We'll put the link in the show notes. Yeah, yeah. I, I want to say it's Abraham Hicks. Mm-hmm. That, that's the woman who channels this oh, alien I love, entity. I love Abraham so, Hicks. And, <laughs> Yeah, so it's a lot about manifesting and what reality is. So I, that's probably the one I pay attention to each day just to keep to remind me that like you know we do create this reality illusion and and what we have inside is what determines what happens outside so yeah um, perfect is that is that the only one you wanted to mention i think so I, i really don't go to a lot of you know, whatever you called them, websites for inspiration. Yeah. Um, okay, I mean, I read, that works. Of, I read a lot of, I read a lot of books for that. Okay, let's talk about I, books I'm just then. reading a, yeah, <laughs> sure. I'm reading a book right now called Superhuman by Dr. Joe Dispenza. Mm-hmm. And it's all about how we are much more powerful than we think we are. And, um, you know, by doing this inner work, we can create amazing results in our, in our bodies and, 
in our our lives. So he was on the What the Bleep movie, in case you saw that a few years ago. Yeah, we'll we'll link to everything that um, you're mentioning here in the. We have a special tools and resources PDF we're sending to all of our listeners. So that's that's Ooh. that's good news. Um, okay, so w- any other books that you can recommend that kind of transform your life or that you know are you some of your favorite ones? Um, I found You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay to be transformative. Um, it's talking about. It's mostly talking about, you know, health issues. It's, and it's the whole second half of the book is a list of symptoms you might have and what is the spiritual cause of that symptom. Um, so you can work on the spiritual angle of any health challenge as well as working on the physical side of it. So, you know what's funny? Uh, I When I was a high school exchange student in America, that was about 10 years ago, I stumbled upon this book and I remember, like, it was a huge book and... I remember looking through, I was like, what is that? And I got to the table, I think I was just flipping through the pages, and I got to the table where it actually shows what emotion is responsible for some of the, like, the most serious diseases. So, for example, cancer. I think cancer is all about guilt or blame and then some mm-hmm. o- some other ones. And I and I just found it fascinating. And I think this was my first ever encounter with, like, personal growth. It, well, that you know, mm. personal growth, the deep, the deep, the, the deep side of it, you know, because personal growth can be many things. But I just found it fascinating, and to this day, to this day, I, I still truly believe in it. Um, and so, if we oh, heal, absolutely, yeah, if we heal ourselves from inside and get over this, you know, judgment and, and being not loving to yourself and all of that, then that guarantees a healthy future, and we're going to live to 150. Do you plan to do that too? <laughs> I at least probably beyond and, uh, and also I, because all the Western technology for health with the DNA and stem cells and nano medicine, you know, um, all of that is going to make li- living as long as you want, uh, you know, Western medicine possible. Yeah. But, I, but I think with all these inner work, you can also do that as well. So, Perfect. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, okay. Anything else you want to mention before we go into the last, last question? For this episode, I read a book uh, earlier this year called "The Dictator's Handbook: How Politicians Always Make Bad Bad Choices" or something like that. That's really interesting. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was fascinating because it explains. It's not just about dictators, but it's also about d- democratically elected leaders and also about CEOs of co- of large companies. And it explains all the bad behavior these people get up to. Um, and why, you know, all the, the things we think we could do to change the world haven't worked so far. So, um, wow. okay. it's very interesting. I'll actually book. check it, it out myself, dis- yeah. Yeah, it's quite disturbing because when you realize that um, this is how a dictator or a leader stays in power and this is why they do the things they do um, from either, you know, I mean, in the case of a dictator, they may actually literally kill other people, but in the case of a democratic leader, they also do some things we don't necessarily admire, right? You know, like they, they may f- promise one thing in the election and then they do something else. And there's a reason they do that, you know, so. Really interesting. Very okay. interesting. All right, Michaela. And so last question for my questions uh, is, um, what would you like to be written on your tombstone? Mm. 
Good question. Well, I wasn't intending to die, so I mean that. <laughs> well, if that ever happens, let's just hypothesize here. What would you like to be yeah. written? What, what do I want for my legacy? Let's have, let's put it yes. in legacy terms. Yes. Um, uh, what an amazing uh, spirit, and what wonderful changes she helped achieve on our planets and galaxy. <laughs> and galaxy. Yeah, I'm just adding that in because you know we're going to have space travel and uh, let's soon. take all yes. the stuff. <laughs> I love that so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. So, oh man, like it's been, it's been amazing. We've been talking for more than two hours. Well, with, with Skype, you know, going up and down, but it, it, it's great. Uh, so Michaela, tell us and all the listeners where they can find more about you, how they can get your book. Cause you've written this amazing book about intuitive leadership and you're actually coaching business. Um, well, business CEOs and entrepreneurs about how to bring more intuition into your business and listen to your intuition. So tell us where to find all of that good stuff. Sure. You can find it at intuitiveleadershipmastery.com. And you can also find, as well as the book, there's a podcast, and I have an online course as well to help people get into their intuition. And if, if you don't have time to go to that, just remember the question, what would it take, which you can use on any business problem to get in answers from your intuition. So yeah. that's what I yes. Love it. And I was looking through your book, actually, and I found some really, really interesting insights. Now, I'll, I'll be definitely be reading it. So thanks. Thanks for, for putting it out there. I really appreciate it. And that is it. We've come to the end. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Thank you so much, Mikhail. Thank you for, for being open, uh, for coming, as I said. And uh, yeah, it wasn't as bad as I thought, you know, it's actually great. So I'm very proud of myself. <laughs> I'm proud of you. And yeah, I just want to have, thank you for, you know, holding that space and uh, sharing your journey with us. I really appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. It's been great talking with you and all your listeners. Yay, thank you. All right, so that's it for this episode with Michaela Light. How freaking awesome was that? I hope you listened to the end because... That interview was simply incredible. I hope you're going to share it with everyone you know because... You know, I truly felt, I truly felt for, for the story and I, and you know how I told her on the episode, uh, my experience with lady boys in Thailand, transgender, and I feel like we need to tell these stories more and more so that other people can understand them better. And so if you truly enjoyed this episode and took valuable lessons from it, I'd like you as usual to give back and charge your comic energy. Christmas is coming, so please give me a present <laughs> and share this episode with a girlfriend or a boyfriend who is transgender or you think would truly benefit from this conversation. And in fact, I think anyone should listen to, as I mentioned before, and what's truly exciting, Michaela actually connected me to a female to male transgender who's going to come to our podcast next year. Trust me, your girlfriend or boyfriend will be truly grateful. And you can share this episode right from your podcasting app or simply send them to girlskill.com slash 18. And again, there's no tools and resources sign up page. Just go straight to girlskill.com 18 to get any of the links you like uh, you like that Michaela mentioned in descriptions and all of that alright you have a good week with all the Christmas holidays coming up and I'll talk to you on another episode 
Thank you for tuning in to Girl Skill. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher to never miss an episode. And never forget that your version of success is uniquely yours to live and experience. Until next time, let's continue redefining female success together. Girlskill.com. Female success redefined. Oh,